I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in every week at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to join the conversation. You can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And last but not least, please remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, Parler, Getter. Does Getter still have us? I can't remember. Getter might have taken us down. Twitch, Telegram. All the usual suspects, some of the big tech and some of the offshoots were also now on Truth Social. And you will find us at Cape Gunworks. And please like, subscribe, share, and comment wherever you find your social media of choice. And uh, I appreciate that a lot. And we do read the comments and try to get you on the air as whenever we can. And so we do read the texts and listen to the voicemail messages as well on the rapid fire line. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got attorney Keith Langer coming up in the second hour. We've got another Toby Takes on the World. So if you're watching online, you'll stay tuned for that content at the end. A lot going on this week. I mean, last week was interesting with the whole leak of the Supreme Court decision. Uh, and I got a, more political than I have in ever on the show last week when I was talking about that. Um, and what I'm curious about from you guys is that, is that going to make you more or less likely to stock up on some ammo, maybe get that firearm you were thinking about getting and take a class, maybe go get your license to carry if you hadn't obtained it yet and uh, whatnot. So uh, I'm curious about this because it seems to me that it's all the same recipe as what happened during the COVID run-up and, you know, shortage and demand for firearms had increased. I just read a report that April was one of another record-setting month for background checks from the NICS system, uh, which is interesting because it was probably one of our slower months at our local gun shop. Uh, it was still outperformed the pre-COVID days, but that's to be expected. But then... Uh, you know, to see nationally that it was still a record-breaking month was pretty, you know, impressive to me. And I had thought things cooled off a little bit, and maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I don't know. But is this latest political unrest, if you will, causing you to think about your position in the market? You know, the, do you say all of a sudden, oh, shoot, I know where this is headed. I've lived through this two or three times if you've been a gun owner since like Sandy Hook and 
you know, the Pulse nightclub shooting and all that, when you've seen surges in the market and surges in demand and whenever this big call for gun control legislation, et cetera. Uh, so that was, you know, causing me to think, hey, is this going to cause another surge in the market or surge in demand in the market for ammunition and firearms? We'll see. I mean, the jury's still out on that, but I definitely feel it has the same makings, especially since we're in election year. The last time this really happened, if you think about it, we were in an election year and there was political unrest. There was, you know, looting and protesting and rioting and most mostly peaceful protests when buildings were on fire in the background. And we had that, you know, summer of love that happened up in Chaz there on Portland, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, would love to hear from you. If you want to talk about that, uh, you can call into the show or text your question to 508-444-2120 any time of the day or night. And you can include your first name, location, and your question to 508-444-2120. If we don't answer your question right away, we'll try to get to it on the next show. But call or text 508-444-2120 for the rapid fire line. Along oh the my. along those same lines of the political unrest, I don't know if anyone noticed uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, had tweeted an actual call to arms, which I found very ironic because if you think about it, she hasn't advocated calling for arms in the city of Chicago once for responsible people to protect themselves against being molested by the criminal elements of that city. So there's no other city in America that I can think of that has the weekly violence by criminal elements with guns than Chicago. Like that is the thing that happens and you you could tune into a news report on a Monday morning and see 78 people shot over the weekend in Chicago and 10 people died. So you'd be like, what the heck is going on in Chicago? And never once did Mayor Lightfoot tweet out, this is a call to arms. If you're, you know, caught in gang violence, go ahead and arm yourself to protect yourself. That's all we can tell you to do is arm yourself, get training, buy a gun, get some ammo and protect yourself. We're going to we're going to speed through permits quicker than ever. We're going to go ahead and approve permits quicker than ever. Nope, none of that. None of that happened. Uh it was you know we got to end guns. We got to ban guns. You know, it's it's gun violence in the city and blah, blah, blah. And it's because guns are easily obtained or they're brought in from, you know, neighboring cities and neighboring uh, states and where gun laws are, are lax and so, et cetera, et cetera. And the point is, you know, when people actually need guns to defend themselves, crickets. But, and... That's not a legitimate option in her mind. But when the Supreme Court is thinking about overturning a poorly written law from 1973 and kicking it back to the states to decide, which, by the way, is the most democratic process possible, right? So to say that's, if you think about it, that is the perfect scenario because it's, 
people who live in one state could vote representatives in who they want them to vote and make laws a certain way. And they could say, hey, in this state, abortion is legal. If you want an abortion, you're, you know, there's going to be plenty of access to abortions. And then other states could say, you know what? Our constituents don't want it here. And uh, we want to be a, you know, a abortion free zone. And they could ban it in that state. And if someone got pregnant and wanted to abort their child, they might have to drive across state lines into Gary, Indiana, or to Chicago, where she's saying she's going to set up an oasis for abortion. But no, she's saying we're going to go ahead and uh, it's a call to arms, the whole Supreme Court thing. But anyway, more on that on the other side. We thank you for listening to Rapid Fire each week. If you use code shotgun at cape gunworks you will receive a special discount on your online order go to capegunworks.com and use the code shotgun to get your special discount today all right we will be right back this is rapid fire If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and make sure you join us every week. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to be a part of the show. Or text or call 508-444-2120. So before the break, I was, you know, deep in the weeds talking about uh, Mayor Lightfoot and her call to arms. And again, I'm not trying to make this an abortion issue right now or a a show about political banter. There's plenty of those. That's This is... This is the, generally speaking, the politics-free zone. Uh, but the problem is guns really are kind of at the centerpiece uh, of politics. So because so many people make it a political, it should be like, hey, it's an enumerated right. It's like, it's in a well-established enumerated right by on the, in the Bill of Rights. And it's established law. I don't even know why we're debating this, right? That's the way it should be. Like, no one wakes up in the morning and is like, dang it, we got to get rid of the First Amendment. 
we got to get rid of the 15th Amendment and take away people's right to vote. Like, no one's getting up and getting angry about that. And no one's saying, oh, we got to do away with the Fourth Amendment and say, you know, darn it, police should be able to walk through your door whenever they want. I'm sure there's people that believe that, but it's such established and uh, it's established, it's an established right. So there's no debate about it, right? Everybody understands it. The problem is because people like to politicize tragedy with guns, um, it becomes this thing like all of a sudden we can say, well, maybe we should talk about whether people should be able to buy guns or not or keep and bear arms, et cetera, et cetera. Why, why don't we do what Australia did? Australia got rid of all semi-automatic weapons and, you know, high-powered rifles and handgun ownership and blah, 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 and smelted them down into, you know, sickles or something, I don't know, plowshares or whatever. You know, we're not quite that part of the Bible yet where they will beat their swords into plowshares and beat their, you know, swords into, or the guns into, uh, you know, farm equipment. But I'm sure those (laughs) biblical days are coming, but I don't think we're here yet. You know, I'm not ready to melt them down. But anyway, uh, so all, all I'm saying is it's such an established right that nobody debates all the other uh, rights, you know, in our Bill of Rights because of the, it's, it's just evident. It's self-evident that that is what the founders intended. All of a sudden, the Second Amendment, we want to ban it because of the emotional knee-jerk reaction to uh, people who use guns for illegal or criminal activity or, you know, uh, maybe someone's been killed accidentally and we want to blame the inanimate object instead of blaming the person who's truly at fault, whether it be a criminal or whether it be an accident or whether it be negligence. And so because of that, it's takes the, uh, the blame out of it, so to speak, and blames an inanimate object, which is a lot easier to do. So we, we end up debating it and giving it, legitimacy when really a lot of us have been pounding the table not one more inch and you know shall not be infringed but there's also a whole side of things where you know there might be some give and take necessary in order to gain back laws and in the long run if we're playing the long game that looks like compromise to the person who's slamming the desk saying not one more inch or shall not be infringed but it's really not if the net net result is we win in the end and more rights are uh, our right is better established or restored you know the infringements are uh, taken away so anyway uh, 508-444-2120 is the live phone number if you want to be on. And um, we got Frank on the line who wants to talk about inheritance. Go ahead, Frank. Hi, this name is Frank Ward, Medway Mass. I inherited a bunch of weapons from my father from World War II. How do I find out if they're registered? I inherited a couple of M1 Grands. I inherited a uh, M1 Carbine, two Jap rifles, a Jap pistol, a forty five, and a couple of swords. And also, um, I like to sell the carbine. It's an Underwood, 1943. 
Mm. Um, I have two 30-round mags with it, a banana holder with it, a bayonet, five Cosmoline 15-round mags, uh, three 15-round mags not in Cosmoline, and two five-round mags. I like to find a good home for it. Awesome. Well, that sounds exciting, and uh, thank you very much for the call, Frank. Uh, there's, I don't know if there's any way you can find out if the guns are registered. Uh, you can request what guns are registered in your name, and if you inherited them, they're, they're probably uh, deceased or passed away. So I would just jump on the uh, the mass gun transaction portal and go to registration option and just go ahead and register the guns. It's not that difficult to do. Um, I doubt you'll be able to do it now as an inheritance option because the deceased, you know, I don't, unless you have their pin number and the license is still valid, et cetera, et cetera. So I would just go ahead and register them. And um, the M1 carbine that you want to sell sounds like a really good one. The inland or, are great, you know, and with the pre-band mags that you have for them, just bring them on down to Cape Gunworks. We'll take care of it, and you can, um, you know, we'll move it for you, or we'll either buy it or consign it and get it a great home. So sounds like you got a really nice collection. Um, not always the best way to get a collection, which is when you lose a loved one, but um, at least they'll live on for a while, uh, which is great. I think that's excellent. So. Um, yeah, just register them up, and if you need uh, to us to move them for you, go ahead and give us a call at Cape Gunworks. Um, and if you're listening from any other state, you might be thinking, like, what the heck is he talking about, this registration option? Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. And the reason you don't know what I'm talking about is because there's very few states that actually register guns. Uh, they tried to do it federally a bunch of years ago, and it was ruled unconstitutional. And so... You know, states like Massachusetts, who don't give a rip about the Constitution, will go ahead and impose gun registry. And they actually call it the gun transaction portal to kind of get away from registration. But then right there in the body of it, it says registration, et cetera, et cetera. So they're they're trying to keep track every time a gun is transferred. The funny thing is they don't even do a good job of that because guns that have been transferred legally and in the system that they offer sometimes don't come off the person who transferred it out off their, you know, it's still attributed to them. So when you request a list of all the guns that you own or, you know, that the state thinks you own, oftentimes there's 10 or 15 or 20 guns, however many you've sold over the past, you know, lifetime of owning guns, um, then they're still attributed to you and you like, what the heck? So it's a bad system anyway, but, it's also an unconstitutional system. But then you look at the feds and guess what? They just did an end around. They came out and said they have 900 billion records or 900, was it 900 million, excuse me, almost a billion records. I'm pulling a, uh, a good old politician move here and getting my numbers mixed up. But, uh, you know, I love the one where they're like, 27 million Americans a day died of gun violence or whatever. It's like, what? Holy smokes, we're going to be out of people in about a month. But anyway, um, let's get to some of your questions. Uh, Hopefully that uh, cleared some things up for you, Frank. Um, Let's see. Uh, And right before the show started, we had one of the chatters 
say that we just got a big delivery of SIG MCXs, and that was, in fact, fake news. Very fake news. Ha-ha! But have no fear because they are coming in. So um, we have a big drop coming soon. Hopefully. Um, uh, let's see. How about the AK-9 that takes Glock mags with the thumbhole stock and 16-inch barrel? Uh, sounds like a winner to me. Um, we actually sell a variant of that HP. It's uh, the Kalishnikov, uh KR9. And uh, it's the rifle carbine version of it's basically like the Vichyaz, which was the Russian nine millimeter kind of holy grail of pistol caliber carbines, if you ask me. Um, but we sell the uh, that Kalishnikov USA, and it's a sweet, really sweet gun because um, it's definitely not. An AK doesn't have that piston system, doesn't have the mag well, doesn't have everything, you know, the, the, no interchangeable parts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so we sell it here in the People's Republic of Massachusetts. It's a great gun. Looks just like an AK, but it's not. And it takes a proprietary mag. They make a 10-round mag, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a, it's a really cool uh, pistol caliber carbine. And it's neat to see people coming out with the pistol caliber carbines in the AK variation, if you will, that looks like an AK controls the same way. Very similar to what they've done in the AR platform, which has really taken the pistol caliber carbine world by storm. The AR variant or the AR style is certainly a a very cool gun. Um, So we sell a lot of those lowers and variants, if you will, uh, dark storm industries in a post-band configuration. Uh, is one that's very popular. We also sell the, we've done the battle arms ones in 9mm, et cetera, et cetera. But I really like the AR platform in 9mm, and I, I'm sure I'll love that Kalishnikov uh, KP9 carbine as well. I, I don't own one, but sold a bunch, and I like playing around with them. So that'd probably be more satisfying to shoot than even the regular a- AK. And I know I just blasphemed the. Mikhail Kalishnikov fights. But anyway, more after this. We got the Veterans Top Shot Invitational. It still has some openings, but it's almost sold out. If you want to get in on that, you better sign up quick. We also have the shooting contest in the fall if you want to put your team in. Both tournaments go to awesome veterans charities. Go to topshotinvitational.com. Sign up today. That's topshotinvitational.com to sign up today. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. 
The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and if you want to be a part of the show, you can go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and text your question into the chat, or call or text the show at 508-444-2120, and you can do that anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 508-444-2120, and if we don't answer your question... This week, we'll try to get to it next week. I promise we'll try to get to it. So anyway, uh, but let's get back to a couple of your questions here on the chat. Uh, Gun streamer, uh, sorry, gun website says, in my opinion, the more states that require universal background checks, we will expect to see more 4473, which is the form that you fill out to purchase a gun or transfer a gun. A grandparent gives three children each a shotgun. Is that really three new gun owners or even three sales? Question mark. Well, so um, what he's talking about here is the universal background check is what you hear a lot in the media, and they want it to pass federally. It's it hasn't passed uh, federally, and its best chance of passing was right after Sandy Hook, when there was a almost a collaboration with the NRA. And like Bloomberg and a bunch of, uh, you know, every town for gun safety, blah, blah, blah. There were, all the, the, the players were at the table. And what universal background check means is there's no quote unquote gun show loophole. And this is the dumbest term I've ever heard because the gun show loophole, as they like to describe it as, is really not, has nothing to do with gun shows. Um, what it basically means is that two people who are responsible adults or legally able to own a firearm can do a private sale. It's kind of like when you meet the guy from Craigslist to buy the truck on a Saturday and you meet him over there and you look at the truck and they go, yeah, I like it. And okay, I want to buy it. And you fill out a bill of sale and you, you know, pass papers on it and, pass money on it. The same thing is legal in most states, except in nine states, they have passed universal background checks. So if a dad wants to gift his son a gun for, you know, high school graduation or college graduation or something like that, and put it and make it legally his, they have to go to a gun store and pay for a background check to be done. 
and the FBI NICS system will be it'll be run through the FBI NICS system. Now this is an Why, you dirty varmint. Now this is obviously just a total inconvenience to the to the family who already knows that the son isn't a prohibited person and it's just inconveniencing the gift of a constitutionally protected you know item. And so they have to go down to the local gun store and pay a fee and be inconvenienced and sometimes even wait for that background check to come back. And in worst case scenarios, be told no because their name might be similar to someone who's violated the law and, and is a prohibited person. And now they got to fight for their right to be able to get that background check cleared up. So especially people in states like New Hampshire, I mean, uh, Massachusetts or New York or New Jersey or California where they or Chicago, Illinois, where they go through this huge ordeal to be issued a license to carry or a firearms um, ID or something like that. Every time they have to go get background check to buy a gun, it's ridiculous. There's only a couple states that have more stringent requirements than the federal law that then suspend the need to actually get the background check done because federal law doesn't, you know, our laws in Massachusetts are more stringent than federal law. So therefore, we could actually be exempt from NICS or the FBI NICS check, but our state made it so we aren't. You know, like they made it so you have to do it, which is just ridiculous. But anyway, um, I said all that because we're down the rabbit trail of the universal background checks. And the only way universal background checks would make sense, in my opinion, is if it was legitimately two people who don't have a a foggiest idea who each other are and they want to, you know, have a firearms exchange and they could then, you know, meet at the gun store and do the gun transaction, which is what most prudent and reasonable people do anyway. They'll be like, I don't know this guy. I want to meet him at the local gun store. I don't want to meet him at my house. I don't want to meet him in the Walmart parking lot and do a gun sale. Like, But even if they do that, there's no law that prohibits them from doing that. In states like Massachusetts, where you have a license to carry, um, it's pretty easy to say, oh, okay, this guy's a licensed gun owner and you jump on the portal and you do the transfer and it it's a, says the sale is allowed to proceed, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't necessarily have universal background checks in Massachusetts, but we do have that license to carry requirement. So you can't sell a gun to someone without a license to carry. So, um, you know, therefore we're kind of that in-between stage, but I don't think they'll ever pass it federally, but Maybe they will. I don't know. But I like uh, what my buddy had to say about that subject. And, like, if there's a known relationship, if there's a, you know, member of the local gun club, if it's somebody that you shoot with in competition, if it's somebody that you've hunted with, if it's somebody that you uh, is a friend of the family or and is known to your family, if it's a person who's you know, maybe not a direct relationship, but, you know, as a friend of the family, so to speak, you know, like it's your uncle's best friend or something like that, then, you know, all of those situations would be exempt. It would literally just be in the strictest example of, you know, guy 
wanting to sell a gun to a party and he has no idea who he is. He's not a member of local gun club. He doesn't have any state firearms ID. He doesn't have, you know, any uh, particular training uh, credentials that he can show. And, you know, he's literally the mystery man. Then, you know, that might be an argument to say, okay, there's a good example for a, a universal background check. If, it would come, I would be willing to concede that ground if it came with something like, but, and now you can do transactions across state lines. And now you can do, um, and yeah, you know what I mean? Like now you could buy a handgun across state lines. That would be a good one. Or, and how about national reciprocity? Something like that. But because those don't usually get lumped together, um, I say, no, it's not worth it. And uh, the one thing I, I would say is people always want to point to the reason the Second Amendment has infringements is because of its potential for uh, people dying, right? Like no one's going to die from uh, the right to vote or the right to free speech or the right to freedom of religion, et cetera, et cetera. But what I would say is, um, going back to the abortion issue where like 78 million people are aborted every year, if if you want to use the argument of that it's lethal, then you have to be consistent and show the, the amount of people that die on that. Where 250,000 people die worldwide from guns, whether it be suicide, war, you know, criminal activity, justified uh, justified shootings or police encounters, etc. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying stay consistent. And that's the problem is most people don't want to apply the same logic to other issues as they want to apply to guns. So anyway, um, if you want to call the show, what do you think about anything I've said today? And maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you agree with me. Uh, you can call the show 508-444-2120. You can text in as well, or you can drop it into the chat, and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, Ricardo saying he'll be contacting me for an opinion on a real rifle soon uh, that you can legally get from me. Something a lot bigger than the 22 I recently purchased. Something a lot more powerful. Sounds interesting, Ricardo, and I'd love to help. Um, don't don't uh, think that a twenty two isn't powerful rifle. Think about, uh, you know, it's everything is relative, right? If you if you only have a twenty two, it's the most powerful gun you got, right? Uh, would it be humane to hunt elk with twenty two? No, of course not. Um, so if you're thinking about a gun that you want to buy for personal protection or something like that. You know, the uh, 22 isn't known for being a defensive weapon, but if it's the only weapon you got, it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? So um, I've heard it, you know, you've heard it said better than a sharp stick in the eye. But uh, it was funny because I was just having a little debate out on the floor with a customer um, who's extremely opinionated. And I was urging her to check out uh, the SIG V-Crown ammunition because I thought it would shoot very well in her gun. She said, not until you can show me the coroner's report on how it performed and, you know, 
I, that's what I need to know. And I'm like, well, you know, I think it performs very well because it, you know, they got Department of Homeland Security got awarded the contract for SIG V Crown ammo. And she says, well, that proves that it's just cheap. And I said, nah, not necessarily. SIG V Crown ammo is extremely expensive ammo. It's not, or it's not extremely expensive, but it's on the pricier side. And she said, well, you know, you have to prove how it works in, you know, in a body cavity. And I said, well, I think there's, it's been around long enough now that I'm sure there is examples of that, but I don't think that's the only criteria. I think we know what makes a good bullet now with weight retention and, you know, reliability of expansion and penetration through clothing and whatnot. I think we're, we're able to, to see through all that. And, and now, we kind of know how to make stuff in 2022. Uh, I'm not saying there isn't bad ammo out there, but I think that's a one that's here to stay. So anyway, um, let's see. Uh, Tom says, Toby and Professor Claw, hope you're doing well. And we are. Thank you, sir. And I'm glad you're on. And we would love to uh, have you have you around the shop again soon. So, and you he also says when he worked on a small department in a small town, when, and if you called nine one one, if everything lined up, they were still 12 to 15 minutes away. That can be a lifetime. And I would agree with that. Uh, more and more people are recognizing and realizing that. And earlier in the show, I was putting it out there that, you know, is the civil unrest and the, you know, political climate, out there making you more or less likely to go out and purchase that new firearm, stock up on ammo, get some training and, you know, realize that you are your own first responder. Interesting thing is with the advent of cell phone and closed circuit camera and doorbell cams and parking lot cameras all over the place these days, we start to see more and more brazen attacks, not to mention in like New York City and L.A. where they're not punishing any theft under a thousand dollars or any uh type of misdemeanor i i i guess they're Why? not even gonna they're not even gonna uh um investigate the guy who rushed the stage to to attack uh the comedian there because they said it was a misdemeanor crime and yeah dave Chappelle there when they rushed him and you know it's, it's crazy i'm like what the heck's going on so they're not punishing the lawless so therefore is it making you think like i am my own first responder and if that's the case what have i done about that what am i doing about that and is it an ongoing thing you're doing or is it just a once and done one and done all right more after this remember to use this week's discount code shotgun at capegunworks.com to get a special discount on your web orders. Shh, that's shotgun, but it's only for radio and podcast listeners. So go to capegunworks.com right now to get your special discount using the code SHOTGUN. And it's our little secret. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA 
to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we were talking a bunch of stuff before the break, answering some of your questions, and uh, I just want to get on a couple of news items in this short segment, but uh, Steve Dettelbach is the new nominee to lead the ATF. Uh, the Biden administration has nominated him, and most gun people with their finger on the pulse of what the heck's going on out there realize that Steve Dettelbach is a David Chipman reincarnated or a David Chipman without the smoldering Waco pictures to haunt him. Finish him. So, you know, here we go. The, the administration is definitely trying to get somebody who is extremely hostile to firearms ownership uh nominated as the ATF head or the head of the ATF they're trying to politicize it and turn it into a hostile uh a hostile government agency Incoming. in the hopes in the hopes of backdoor gun ban legislation uh so that's something to keep your eye on it it is weaponizing a, an agency for the purpose of restricting it. Otherwise they would pick somebody who's a whole lot less um, politically motivated, right? They wouldn't pick somebody who's uh, works on every gun for, you know, every town for gun safety or, or the Bloomberg or the million mom March or something like that. They wouldn't pick people who are politically or actively trying to ban guns or change the face of gun ownership in America uh, through a an actual amendment change. And conversely, I think that, you know, the, the Republicans have nominated some people for the ATF that, you know, were probably as politically motivated for preserving gun rights. So it's going to be tough to find someone that everybody can agree on. The one thing I would say is um, do away with the ATF. How about that? I think that's the best idea yet. It is an agency that is kind of lost the trust of the American people. It is being weaponized towards gun owners in America. Not to mention the fact that um, its regulatory agency covers alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. So, you know, obviously, they've they have a big purview, if you will. Now, 
I personally believe that they could be dealt with through another agency as far as like inspections and, you know, compliance with, uh, with sales and, and whatnot. But I think they've kind of worn out their welcome, but I don't think anyone's going to listen to me on that. And they are here to stay. So now you got to go over to firearms policy coalition and read the article that they sent, um, to the Senate judiciary committee, uh, and basically stating that Steve Dettelbach is disqualified due to his partisan politics for all the reasons I just mentioned. Um, so, and the ATF is making moves. They've already fired the acting director and replaced him with a guy who's much more uh, hostile to gun ownership. So we'll have to keep our eye on that and our finger on the pulse. Uh, call into 444-2120, 508-444-2120. Text in if you want. Uh, and we're headed for a break. But before we go, you should head over to capegunworks.com and use this week's special discount code SHOTGUN. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. This is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And the number to call into the show any time of the day or night, you can leave a message. Just include your first name, your location, and your question is 508-444-2120. If we don't get to your question in this show, we'll do it next time. So call or text 508-444-2120. Um, one of the things that uh, in the news as well is during this election season, uh, anti-gun candidate people are, or anti-gun groups are pushing for anti-gun or what they call gun sense candidates um, among rising gun theft and gun violence. And I read an interesting article that New York is actually bracing for a decision from the Supreme Court on the Bruin versus New York State pistol and rifle case. 
and they're already realized that this is probably not going to go their way. So they're already trying to say like, okay, well, you know, having they, what they're really trying to do is further, they're jumping on what Scalia's words were about the McDonald and Heller case, which left the door open to infringing on our rights when it comes to like certain places like airports and courtrooms and uh, public buildings. And now they're trying to expand that to be include uh, food establishments, restaurants, bars, uh, subway system, et cetera. And especially on the heels of the subway shooter that shot 23 people in New York city. And the worst part of that whole logic is the reason he was able to shoot 23 people is because no one was armed to stop him. And they're totally dismissing the fact that, you know, an armed good guy could or girl could have prevented 23 people from being shot. Hello? And by the way, did the guy do a background check when he stole the gun and obtained it illegally? No. Guess what? He didn't. And... When he was doing his violent YouTube videos or, you know, advocating violence in his YouTube videos, did anyone go, hey, maybe we should check this guy? No, he was a known entity to the FBI. So it was a breakdown all the way around from a law enforcement standpoint, from a, a gun control standpoint. But yet, guess what? Guns are the reason we're gonna, you know, guns are to blame. So therefore, you're gonna have to go ahead and Elect a gun sense candidate. So every town for gun safety and its subsidiary, Moms Demand Action, are pushing hard to convince voters to elect so-called gun sense candidates in November. This is on MLand.com. It's an article by Dave Workman. And this comes as NBC News is reporting that an every town study analyzing FBI crime data allegedly shows from 2019 to 2020 at least 180 sites Uh, City saw a rise in gun theft from vehicles, which now makes up the largest source of stolen guns. NBC obtained its data analysis and verified it. So because in 180 cities, uh, I'm sorry, 180 people stole guns out of cars, uh, they want to basically revolutionize the whole Second Amendment, right? And, you know... I, I'm all in favor of responsible gun storage, and you know I don't think you should store your gun in the car. Uh, but the point is, criminals steal guns, right? They steal guns, and that's how they avoid the background check, the NICS check. They avoid registration if you live in a registration state. Uh, they don't care about universal background checks. They don't care about gun show loopholes. They don't care about, you know, how many legally legal transactions you can do a year as a private citizen. The point is they're stealing the guns and committing crime. And if you're not prosecuting the criminals, if you're letting them out because you don't want to prosecute misdemeanors, you don't want to prosecute theft under $1,000, you don't want to prosecute uh, violence, then you're going to reap what you've sown. So, you know, don't don't be uh, bamboozled by their their scam, if you will. I think that uh, that's a, you know, it's a winning argument for the pro-gun candidates is to point towards the opposition wanting to further infringe upon rights. And no matter how far they infringe on the rights, 
on your rights. They're never going to be happy. There's always going to be more. And it's not going to do anything. It doesn't even, you know, except make a few choice people feel good about doing something. And I love what the gun industry has done and kind of turn that talking point back on its head. Uh, you got like Diana Muller um, and a lot of great women out there that are, you know, use the hashtag doing something. And they're actually pointing the the public in the right direction and saying, hey, this is what, and I, I think they're part of the DC Women's Project. And they're showing all the advocacy that they're doing for, you know, from the gun industry, from within the industry uh, about suicide prevention and suicide awareness and about, uh, you know, lending, you know, giving the gun to somebody if you feel like you're at risk, uh, about educating and child safety. You know, we always talk about, uh, you know, gun safety as a, as a thing, but yet we don't allow it in schools. We don't allow it to be talked about. I, I, I remember... Not too long ago, the kid who got suspended from school for making his peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the shape of a gun and pointing it at someone, he's like five or six years old, pointing at someone going bang with his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he got he got suspended from school instead of using that as an awesome opportunity to talk about gun safety. But, you know, kids are going to be kids and, you know, we're preventing it from happening in schools. And we talked on the last show about some of the best gun ranges in America were in high schools and there were high school shooting teams and in a lot of high schools across the country. And my mother's generation remembers kids taking their guns to school, putting them in the locker because they're part of the rifle team after school, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, uh, it looks like Alan West is going to be challenging um, Wayne LaPierre for the head of the NRA. What will that do? Will that move the needle? Do you think that will move the needle? We'll see. Uh, that's an interesting um, story. I, I recommend you look into that, and um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I I think most people are at the point where they're like, all right, even if they don't believe Wayne Lapierre is a liability to the NRA, um, then but the rhetoric around it means he's a liability to the NRA, so they're in favor of some sort of change. But he's hanging on by a thread there. Uh, it's amazing that the guy's ego is so big that he refuses to step down, even though it's like obvious that he should. Um, I know the New York uh, Attorney General there has ordered, I think, him to pay, pay back a bunch of salary and everything else. I'm sure he's going to fight it, but... You know, there's a whole lot of, you could do a whole show on that whole subject. Um, but anyway, rapid fire, first hour in the bag. There it is. And don't forget, the show goes on for another hour. So if you're on, listening on the radio and you can't hear it, you got to jump over to capegunworks.com, click on rapid fire. You can go to the iHeartRadio app. You can go wherever you find your podcast and look up rapid fire, all one word. And you'll be able to get the second hour because there's a lot of good content coming your way. We have attorney Keith Langer joining us. And uh, so thanks for tuning in. Remember, the show goes on for another hour. So tune in and you can always call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120. 
You can ask questions, check out some of our online content, watch our videos, like, share, subscribe, etc. All that good stuff. And freedom will always be on the right side of history. Don't let it, don't ever forget it. I'm Toby Leary. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and this is your weekly 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Please tune in every week at capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to join the conversation. 
And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And remember to like us on all the social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks, and you'll find us wherever you procure your social media of choice. Uh, one cool little local tip is I will be sitting in for Howie Carr on the, fi- uh, on the final hour of the show Wednesday. So if you're hearing this show being broadcast on Saturday, you'll have to go over to the HowieCarshow.com website and download the hour with the gun guy, Toby. So I'll, it's the 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock hour uh, uh, this Friday. Um, and it will be on the uh, WRKO or the iHeartRadio app, or you can listen and watch live on the Rumble Cam. If you go to HowieCarshow.com, you'll be able to find it. I'm sure we'll be talking guns and taking some gun questions. That's generally the way it goes whenever I'm on Howie or Grace, and I'm looking forward to filling in for the the big guy, Howie. He's great and uh, does a phenomenal job. He's obviously the best in the business in this in the whole Northeast, in my opinion. And uh, so I'm honored to sit in for him and and uh, do an hour for him. And then I'll be filling in for the Grace Curley show again, a couple more dates in June uh, and also July. Be doing two days in July nice. and one on May 30th. So you'll have to stay tuned. I'll be doing the whole show for them, for her on that day. So that was a lot of fun the last time, last time I got to do that. Um, we get to really put a spotlight and I'd say like the bat signal on, uh, on the gun issues. Right. And I still believe that the gun issue is the Trojan horse to get the apolitical person involved and motivated, uh, to go into the polls maybe because, you know, nothing has sparked more people's interest in guns than the last two years of, uh, restrictions and unrest and riots and soft on crime cities and defunding police departments. Um, it's been a revival, if you will, of uh, gun talk. And I think mostly in the right direction. I think it's a hard argument to say we need to ban guns when people have had their rights stomped on and their cities burned and their police defunded and, uh, criminals let out of jail you know it's a how do you win that argument how do you say oh but guns are bad after saying all of that and putting it in that context so you have a unique opportunity as a gun owner to be an ambassador and be an advocate to responsible responsible gun ownership in this day and age and simply by getting people's interest peaked and taking them to the range and showing the the fun of shooting, you don't necessarily need to win them over on the merits of, you know, shall not be infringed in a well-regulated militia and to keep the tyrants in check. Just take someone to the range and shoot with them and they all of a sudden go, wow, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, man, maybe I will go ahead and get my license to carry and become a gun owner. And so then you can educate them on that process and their eyes will be opened and say, now, wait a minute, it's easier to buy a gun than to buy an apple in some states, I heard. Or it's easier to buy a gun than rent a library book. (laughs) You know, it's like all the stuff that you see on 
signs as they're like, you know, every town is protesting or, you know, moms demand action. Some of the signs that they put out there, it's, it's hysterical. But anyway, so I just thought I'd give everyone the heads up on that, um, that we have, I'll be on the Howie Carr show this Friday. And if you missed it, you're hearing this after the fact, then I would suggest you go over to the howiecarshow.com and download the podcast or download that segment or listen to it. And the cool thing about that is that's something that's very trackable. And what it does is it proves how people want to talk about guns. And I get emails a lot from the mailroom manager that says, hey, that segment did amazing. Like, that was like Howie Carr numbers. That's amazing that that many people want to talk about guns. So people are going back and listening to those segments after the fact. And it's pretty cool. So, yeah, do that. If you're listening to this after the fact, you can always catch what I had to say on the show. So anyway, um, one of the other things that's interesting is Donald Trump Jr. has just recently come out with a new organization called uh, the Second Amendment Task Force. And they're saying that um, this is very partisan. Like, I don't think that all gun ownership groups need to be this partisan. But the one thing that's universally true is the Second Amendment is under attack from the radical left. That's the if you go to their About Us page, this is really what it it, it says. And that is a universal truth, right? There's no one more hostile to the Second Amendment in this country than the radical left. And again, I'm not trying to get political here. Uh, the Biden administration is also a very hostile actor towards the Second Amendment. He makes no mistake and he doesn't. It's one of the times he speaks with great clarity and great. Uh, you know, he doesn't mince his words, even though he's dead wrong on the whole subject. But he he's very clear and concise when he says we've done it before and we'll do it again he takes all the credit for passing the utter failure of the 94 assault weapons ban that sunset after a 10-year failed experiment to reduce any type of crime to make anybody safer to make you know guns with crime crime with guns decrease in any way shape or form so it did zero to move the needle. And so therefore it, it went away like it should have. It went on the ash heap of horrible ideas when it came to uh, passing legislation or passing laws in this country. So Don Jr. has passed the, um, I mean, has formed this 2A task force. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's going to happen but uh, he, he says here in his, uh, on the website, on the About page, that when President Biden nominated a radical anti-gun lobbyist to lead the Bureau of Al Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, Donald Trump Jr. organized a massive campaign to sink the nomination in the U.S. Senate. And Yahoo News summed up the results. Donald Trump Jr. helped sink Biden's nominee. And I hope he helps sink uh, the newest nominee, Steve Dettelback. Because he also should go down as, I mean, he's basically the same type of nominee as David Chipman was, except he doesn't have the smoldering uh, fire in the background of Waco, Texas to haunt him. Um, but 
Anyway, it goes on to say, today the group is laser-focused on en- engaging grassroots activists to defend their constitutional rights. Like a special ops team of advocates, the group rapidly mobilizes when Biden nominates personnel who could infringe on the Second Amendment to oppose executive or legislative action that curbs the rights of gun owners and families. So far, so good. It's music to my ears. Um, If you're hearing this and you don't yet have your gun license, but you want to go through the extremely lengthy and encumbering process, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes on our website including ladies only and couples classes. Sign up at capegunworks.com. More after this, I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC3. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we are happy to have with us on the line, as we do each week, Keith Langer. How are you today, Keith? Just fine. How are things on the Cape this windy afternoon? Yeah, well, thankfully, the gusts have died down a little bit, but it is still blowing hard out there. So. <laughs> um, but anyway... Um, Great to have you on the show, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, Keith is one of our uh, trusted advisors, if you will, from all things Massachusetts gun law, as well as other areas of expertise uh, when it comes to law in this state. But uh, Keith, I thought I'd have you on the show today and talk about something that was a little personal to me, but also has a bigger or broader question. And what that is, is what should someone do if they get a knock at the door any time of the day or night and they look in this local police department at the door and they have a conversation and they say, oh, we got a wellness check or somebody called, they were worried about you. And, uh, or in my case, it was, there was a 911 call placed from a cell phone, which we pinged to this location uh, and would like to come in and take a look around. I I'll, 
I'll reserve what happened with me till after I hear your answer. But um, what should someone do if that's the case? It's obviously not a situation that the person is worried about, like they just woke up, you know, and they can, you know, how should they proceed so that they don't end up in having their rights violated or worse, having, you know, their license to carry taken away or confiscated, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if they are checking on your wellness and you simply say, I'm fine and I don't need any assistance, mm-hmm. wellness check completed. <laughs> the issue will be if somebody else that they're claiming to need a wellness check on, in which case, whatever that other person is that they're supposedly checking on can come and say, I'm fine. I do not need a wellness check. I do not need assistance. I don't know why you're here. Mm-hmm. As far as a 911 call, if you didn't make it, you didn't make it. The question is, are they simply responding to a ping, as it was in your case, or are they actually claiming that somebody made a call from your house? In which case, whoever it is that supposedly made the call should be telling them, I didn't make the call. Mm-hmm. Do they have some sort of duty to, if if a call was made from a landline at that house, they have to come in and check it out? Well, their obligation is to check it out and see if assistance is required. Okay. So all they need to know is whether or not anybody in that home made such a call. So the people need to tell the police, I didn't make that call. The issue will be if they got a call from a woman and only a man answers the door. Mm. They want they need to hear from the woman, but they need exigent circumstances, a crime in progress, consent or a warrant to come in. Right. A mere wellness check does not get them entry unless you're foolish enough to let them in. Got it. So under no circumstances do you have a duty or an obligation to actually open the door and invite them in and say, oh, come on in and look around, right? There's there's no, you don't have to do that because they claim somebody made a 911 call or or from a cell phone or from a, you know, whatever type of scenario that you can dream up. Maybe, you know. Well, the problem these days is swatting where somebody will make a 911 call claiming they're at X address. Mm. And of course they're not, there's no crisis there. Then the cops roll in sometimes in full rattle battle because the swatting says, Oh, he has a gun or I'm being held hostage or something designed to provoke maximum response from the police. And you're sitting there playing your RP game online or just watching television. And all of a sudden they're flashing lights, swats. And in a really bad case, they don't knock. They just come to the door. Right. Do not pass go. Do not click two hundred dollars. In which case, your consent is moot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Which you bring up a good point because this is, you know, every once in a while I'll get someone that comes in and like I'm trying to sell them a, you know, biometric safe or some quick access safe for storing a firearm in their home or whatever, and they they say, "Well, I live alone. You know, I don't have kids in my house. I don't have." relatives or neighbors. I don't have anyone, you know, very rarely do I have someone who comes over and if they do, I can hide the gun beforehand, blah, blah, blah. So I don't need a, you know, and I just live alone. And I say, well, that's not a very good idea. If you have some medical issue and the police, you know, and fire and rescue come and see you, 
see your you know gun lying around you you could get charged with improper storage of a firearm and which is what i commonly see mm-hmm. you know the police were there for something else right in one case there was an apartment fire mm. uh, any sort of medical response uh, then you get half the town there because the ambulance doesn't roll without the police department and generally a pumper yeah you get half the public safety vehicles in town in your lawn if you call and say my mother fell and hit her head right so that you live alone is not going to be a good excuse for not having the gun secured because if something happens uh the neighbor says you know i haven't seen him for three days well maybe Mm. he went away for the weekend and didn't tell them yeah or you actually do fall and need assistance well they're going to come in and secure the area and if you have that gun laying around on your table or by your bedside or whatever well now you're facing a negligent storage charge Mm. yeah and that's the one area that the state really beefed up the penalties for the last go around of gun legislation that actually passed so they've really stiffened the penalties for quote-unquote improper storage of a firearm so you're well i had a case where the the daughter came home and the door was unlocked. So she calls the police to check the house. Fine. So the police come in to check the house for intruders. And they're opening pistol boxes on the dresser in the master bedroom. Jeez. As part of their intruder search. And when I asked the cop why he was opening a four by six carton on the dresser and a so-called intruder search, well, it said pistol on it. So they got nailed with improper storage. Jeez. Yeah, that that's uh, unfortunate. It also flies in the face of common sense. I mean, granted, I don't think people should leave guns lying around the house personally, but at some point, if somebody has a locked front door and an alarm system, on their house and they're doing what they deem to be prudent and reasonable. And there's no access to, you know, people who are prohibited persons or underage at those guns. Like the guy who does live alone. I do think it's, you know, it's totally unreasonable to say that they're improperly storing a gun, but that's what the law says. So you got to comply. And, and the reason is because you may not be home because people leave guns laying around when they go out shopping here, there, everywhere. And how many horror stories have we seen where twits left guns in cars mm. overnight? Right. So it, it's what always happens. The laws are written for the worst case scenario. Right. Yeah. So in my case, it was interesting. Um, my wife and I sound asleep probably one in the morning and I have this loud banging on the door and I shake awake and look out the window and there's two or three cruisers out front. I'm like, Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) What did I do this time? You know? And, uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm saying that jokingly, but, uh, I'm thinking I, I don't like my wife is in bed. I'm like half dressed. I don't want to let this parade of police in my house right now. Like what in the heck is going on? So I actually didn't even get out of bed. I just opened up my doorbell camera on my phone and I'm looking at the two or three cops standing on the front door. And I said, uh, can I help you? And they said, yeah, we got a 
911 call from this address. And I said, uh, no, you didn't, because neither of us called. We're sound asleep. My kids are all sound asleep, too. And they said, um, or I think my kids were actually out of town at the time, so I knew we were home alone. And uh, they said, no, we got a cell phone call that from this address. And I said, I, no, no, everybody's fine here. Thank you. And uh, I said, check on the neighbor. They're elderly. Maybe they called, you know, and they said, okay, have a nice day. And they, they left. Fortunately, I'm glad they didn't push the issue because I wasn't going to open the door. Um, I knew there was no situation at my house. So um, I didn't want that to be some you know, black mark on my record as far as, oh, you don't open the cops door for the cops at one in the morning when they show up. You know, I didn't know what that meant ultimately. So um, I guess I handled it properly, wouldn't you say? Well, years ago, I had a client come by the office and he was early. So he parked out front and some neighbor had a Full-on meltdown. We won't use the common term for it because we don't offend anybody. But you know the term I mean for people who have a meltdown over something if they see any non-Caucasian in their neighborhood. Mm. So they called the cops, and the cops came and talked to the guy, and he told them he was just waiting for his appointment to start. So the cop comes bounding up the front steps, pounds on the doorbell three or four times, then immediately pounds on the door three or four times, and in the maybe maybe 12 seconds between pounding on the doorbell and pounding on the door, he decides he's going to enter the door, mm. you know, to save me from this grave menace. So now I don't leave the door unlocked. <laughs> and that's why. Yeah. But that's the sort of situation where you may find yourself in. You could have been working on your gun when the guy came. Oh, look at that gun just laying there on the table. Maybe you were getting ready to go to the range or go hunting, and you're getting your gear ready. Mm. And you're stacking up the guns and ammo by the door. Yeah. And Dudley Do-Right burst through to save you from imaginary threats. Right. So there are any number of scenarios under which you might have to protect yourself from a negligent storage charge Mm. yeah unfortunately that is the way it is but uh hopefully we'll we'll uh see cooler heads prevail and people with common sense start to make laws but (laughs) we got a long way before that happens but anyway thank you keith i appreciate your insight uh we'll see you next time for sure and we'll drop into the how can people get a hold of you they go to the website KGLangerLaw.com or they email me, Keith, K E I T H, at Langerlaw.com or they just call 508 384 8692. Awesome. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. And we have a special treat for the women listening. May is Lady Shooters Month here at Cape Gunworks, and we have a special, excuse me, a special first shots course for ladies only. If you have been thinking about getting your gun license or you just want to try shooting for the first time, go to capegunworks.com and click on the class calendar to sign up for the ladies-only first shots on May 21st. More after this. We will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. This is the Voltec VT-10i. 
It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. And welcome back. I'm Toby Leary, your weekly host of Rapid Fire, the 2A talk radio show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. So make sure you like and subscribe on all of our social media platforms at Cape Gunworks or call or text in to the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. And we will get to your questions this segment, I promise. Um, But one thing I thought everyone would get a chuckle unless you live in this town, uh, from is, and I may, I alluded to this earlier about the um, arduous task of getting licensed and becoming a gun owner in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, but we have a funny video about to drop about this very subject, right? Professor Claw, we have a funny video about to drop. All right. Just making sure it's still on his radar. But anyway, um, this is the process in order to get the license in this state is, and you got to keep in mind while I talk about this, an enumerated right that is well-established and, you know, been supported through many opinions by the Supreme Court, even though it's had multiple challenges. And, you know, it's it's kind of settled law, right? Here's the process if you live in the city of Lowell to get your unrestricted license to carry. And the very first sentence says, applicants for an unrestricted license to carry will only be granted in limited circumstances. So right there is the, that's the heart and soul of the Bruin versus New York Pistol and Rifle Association uh suit that is before the Supreme Court right now. That right there is the 
the very lifeblood of that lawsuit is the fact that people can say, we're only going to give you this on a very limited set of circumstances. If you check all the boxes and if I still feel that you're, you know, a suitable candidate. So anyway, applicants for an unrestricted LTC must, in addition to completing the Massachusetts State Police approved firearm safety course with live fire training referenced satisfactorily demonstrate that they have training or experience that satisfies the key components of the course focused on concealed carry of a firearm in public places. For example, such components include but are not limited to de-escalation of violence techniques, the lawful use of deadly force, responsibilities associated with carrying a concealed weapon, and concealed carry techniques. Applicants may satisfy this condition by submitting evidence of such training or experience or by successful completion of one of the following training courses. And it goes on to limit uh, to list six different training courses that you could have attended in order to check that box for the city of Lowell. Now, this is different than... What it originally talked about when I in this article that I first mentioned, the Massachusetts State Police Approved Firearm Safety Course the with live fire. So you've already gone and taken a four-hour class. You've gone and done your live fire training. Now you have to prove that you've done one of these other six courses or show some other way that you have been trained in these areas, but it's also not limited to those. So they can come up with more arbitrary reasons why you're not an eligible candidate. Then it goes on to say, applicants for an unrestricted LTC must further submit a written supplement providing specific reasons that the applicant believes support granting the unrestricted access. So now you got to write an essay. It's like your college paper or your senior project. you got to write an essay on why you think you should be able to have an unrestricted license to carry in the state of Massachusetts. <laughs> while you're at it, you can, you know, write your mom and dad while you're at summer camp, you know. Um, the written supplement should identify the applicant's p- proper per- purpose in seeking an unrestricted LTC. So you got to give the reasons why you think you're a good applicant and a good candidate and why you need, you got to give a reason why you believe you should have unrestricted access. And the written supplement should identify the applicant's proper purpose in seeking an unrestricted LTC. goes on to say, applicants for an unrestricted LTC should also provide any additional documentation that they may have that will assist the superintendent in making a determination that issuance of an unrestricted LTC to the applicant will not pose a threat to public safety. What does that mean? Does that mean you have to, like, submit to a psychological examination? Shh, don't give them any ideas. Applicants are encouraged to submit as much such documentation as possible. Examples of such documentation include, but again are not limited to, current or prior service in the military, current or prior service in law enforcement, prior receipt of a LTC unrestricted from another community or state with no record of any violation of any term or condition of the LTC, prior receipt of a restricted LTC from Lowell or another community or state with no record of any violation, the receipt 
from of such from Lowell will carry greater weight than the receipt of such license from elsewhere. So they hold themselves high on a pinnacle in the city of Lowell. They believe that if you've been deemed able to carry a gun in the city of Lowell, that's better than any other place on earth that you could be have proven that you had a license unrestricted. Prior receipt of firearms identification card, prior receipt of hunter safety training or experience hunting. So now all of a sudden hunting ends up becoming important for people who are going to carry a gun in the public space. Signed letters of recommendations that show the applicant's good character and emotional stability. Such letters of recommendation should indicate that the applicant is not subject to excessive drinking habits, substance abuse, or violent behavior. Letters of reference may but not need be from the references listed on the applicant's application. So remember, you got applicant, you got references on the application itself. This is saying in addition to that application, we want more references. And these people should be able to speak to your good character of how you don't participate in excessive drinking, substance abuse, or violent behavior. Then letters from applicants' relatives are not acceptable. Not going to even take those and look at them. If mom gives you a good reference, throwing that right in the trash. Each letter of reference must be on an 8.5 by 11 inch piece of paper, signed, dated, and show the reference's name, address, and telephone number. The superintendent of the Lowell Police Department or his or her designee reserves the right to contact each reference. But they've saved the best for last. Additionally... And particularly strong, a particularly strong application with regard to nine will result in a lesser need to provide documentation with regard to 10. Those are the enumerated uh, paragraph numbers here. And vice versa. Failure to produce satisfactory documentation accordance with nine and 10 may result in the denial of an unrestricted LTC. So even if you're a good, you know, character, if you've you know, not included a couple of these documents that they're requesting, you may or may not result in getting your unrestricted license to carry. I challenge anybody to put those lists of restrictions and encumbrances to any other right and try to get that passed through a state legislature and try to impose that on the people of this country and in the same process, not start another American revolution. That's all I'm going to say about that. If you go ahead and tag all those requirements and list of encumbrances to any other right, and you go ahead and say, this is a good idea for people who want to participate in free speech or participate in their free exercise of religion or the right to assemble or, you know, the, the right to unlawful searches and seizures or the right to vote or, you know, you name the right but you're going to put all these encumbrances on it and make everybody jump through all these hoops and make them go through this process. I promise you, you will start the second American revolution. 508-444-2120 is the live phone number. You can call into rapid fire. You can also text your questions to 508-444-2120 or leave a message when we are not broadcasting and make sure you tell us who you are, where you're from and what your question is. And if we don't get to it, On this show, we'll get to it on the next show. Speaking of which, let's get to one of those questions right now. Um, We had one of the texters 
chime in and say, you seem to be well-educated on the founding fathers, yet referred to our government as a democracy. The founding fathers looked at past democracies and intentionally created a constitutional republic. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution. Please stop helping the left with this falsehood. Okay, well, I would agree with you that I understand that we are not a democracy. And I've heard that said so much on the left and the right. I don't think left-right has anything to do with it. I do think that the media has kind of taken this narrative to kind of dumb down the explanation. And yes, sometimes in my diatribe, not that I'm usually short on words or I am looking to shorten what I'm saying because that is not my strong suit, as you all well know. Um, So I'm not necessarily looking to shorten what I'm about to say, but sometimes I get lazy. And I think it would take away from what I'm actually trying to say by stopping and pausing and saying, by our constitutional republic or by our representative republic, which I do understand we are. We are not a true democracy. And I don't think I'm arming anyone with that quote-unquote falsehood. I am using the co-opted term or the, you know, the narrative that a lot of people use just to basically and quickly explain that we vote okay we're not a dictatorship although some people might think we are and we're also not a uh, you know theocracy or whatever we're not you know a kingdom of anymore so anyway i digress more after this uh don't forget to take a private lesson you can go to capegunworks.com to get one-on-one instruction tailored to you we have lessons for pistol rifle shotgun and archery you can always test out new guns book one now at capegunworks.com and click on privates and we will be right back this is rapid fire If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and this is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And in my own defense, (laughs) I do sometimes say we're a democracy, and I apologize for that. I am not trying to help anyone with that falsehood, but I do understand representative government and the fact that we are a constitutional republic. So I am not trying to, you know, water it down in any way, shape, or form. Uh, 
and it usually does amuse me even when you hear people talk all the time, current administration included, that the the requirement of voter ID is a threat. It is the number one existential threat to our democracy. And it's like, um, well, number one, we're not a democracy. Number two, I don't see how requiring people who are legally able to vote that aren't dead or from out of state or illegally here in the United States, we require that same thing to go buy a bottle of booze, to fly on a plane, to uh, purchase a gun. (laughs) Uh, We require ID for just about everything. And most cities and states give out ID free of charge. So I don't understand. And it's an insult to everybody's intellect to say that you can't obtain some form of ID in order to vote. So I reject that on its face. But number two, to say that it's a threat to our democracy is just utter drivel and not nonsense because A, we're not a democracy and B, uh, it's not a threat to ensure that we have all I'm going to say about this whole subject. And I don't know why I even got down this rabbit trail, but I can't wait to log in. I might do it tonight, might do it tomorrow night and rent 2000 mules and watch that. Cause everything I've read about it is pretty amazing. But anyway, um, let's get back to your questions and we'll be laser focused on gun issues. Cause this is <laughs> rapid fire. And you guys keep pulling me off track here. But anyway, um, MacMan got a delay. Oh, no. And this is a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier, where there's a guy who's not a prohibited person who owns other guns. He buys guns and, you know, every time he buys one, he gets a delay. And he lives far away. He says he got a delay on a fire control unit, but I love an excuse to go back to the Cape to look on my daughter's face when she saw Arlo standing on your desk was priceless. She always wanted to see him in person. My other daughter loved the cookies, and thanks for another Cape Gunworks welcoming. Well, it's always good to see you, Mac, man. And uh, it's funny that, um, you know, my dog brings so many people joy, but he does, including me. And, uh, (laughs) you know, but that's a perfect example of the infringement really just, all it does is inconvenience you. It doesn't make us safer and get illegal guns off the street. It's just making you inconvenienced, MacMan. Now, think about the poor people that live on Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket that take a boat over here. They spend hundreds of dollars to get over here. They walk in. They spend a couple, you know, you know, 20, 30 minutes picking out a gun with a salesman, and then they get to the counter and do the background check. And, oh, I'm sorry, sir, you've been delayed. So that means you're going to have to take another day off of work and take another boat ride over and pay all kinds of money for that just to get a gun that you already know you're not a prohibited person from owning because you've jumped through all the hoops like the city of Lowell that we just read. And (laughs) you have your license to carry. There you go. Anyway, 
Rapid, uh, this is the Rapid Fire Talk Show. You can call into the show or text your questions to 508-444-2120 anytime. Please include your first name, location, and your question to 508-444-2120. If we don't answer your questions today, we'll get to it next time, hopefully. More after this. We will be right back. I'm Toby Leary. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunworks. Snap Safe, featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. Snap Safe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281 603 0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and thank you for joining us every week on Rapid Fire. Make sure to like and subscribe on all of our social media, and please share. If you think this content would benefit anybody, go ahead and share it abroad. I will say I've seen a little uptick in our Twitter feed since the Elon takeover, and uh, hopefully that'll, that trend will continue and people will stop shadow banning such wonderful content if i do say so myself anyway let's get back to your questions um and i will not steal the whole uh show <laughs> let's get to some of yours um ismail says how would you go about getting an ltc unrestricted in new bedford if you currently have it restricted i think you can apply when it or you know renew it and when you renew it you can get it upgraded if you will so you want to make sure you go for unrestricted just tell them you want it for any lawful purpose and in some cases they'll say well that's not good enough so say for any lawful purpose slash personal protection and if they say why say because i can or no don't say it like that be very respectful but say just in case you know i don't i don't think that uh it's your job to be here within 30 seconds if something goes wrong so um, take personal responsibility for your own safety and well-being. There's a great question in the chat here. Um, first of all, uh, gun website 
is helping me with what I was stumbling over earlier about the DC project, which their tagline is educate, not legislate. And they do a phenomenal job of that. And uh, Chris is saying those magical two red letters on that case sitting there are just taunting me this whole show. So he's watching on the camera and we got the HK. uh, That's a USP and 40. If you want to go like Navy seal edition, remember the day when the, Navy SEALs carried the USP in 40 cal. It was a thing. and um, But if you want one, we got one. And uh, I was putting that on the desk because it has the dreaded high cap mags. So I'm making them mass legal to shave off three rounds. I know that's a lot of fun for us here in this state. But, um, yeah, it's not the not my finest work that I do, but we do have to make mag blocks and that's what our 3d printer does a lot. So anyway, um, there you have it. Let that subliminal advertising work. It's magic on you, Chris, and maybe you need a new HK. Um, JF is saying, I know it could seem laughable to even bring it up, but in Massachusetts, what would it take to start a process to get the assault, get rid of the assault weapons ban? Um, I believe that, that will have to take place in the court system. Unfortunately, we had that uh, Catano case that was going before the Supreme Court over a year ago that got punted by the Supreme Court. They did not hear any uh, Second Amendment cases. And I think that was more of a strategy than it was their unwillingness to hear cases at the time. Why? At the time... uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was still uh, firmly ensconced, and I don't believe uh, Amy Coney Barrett had been confirmed yet. So um, there was a question mark hanging over the court. I have no idea if this is really true or not, but it's my theory, and I'm going with it. And it seems to be – it's not my theory. I heard someone else say it, but um, it seems to be reasonable because – Guess what happened once the Amy Coney Barrett got confirmed? That is, they decided to take a gun case. So look at that. Um, But anyway, here it goes. They felt that they were unsure how Roberts would vote, and so therefore that could have been a tie-breaking vote either way. So they'd rather have no answer to the question than an unfavorable outcome to the question. So therefore they punted on all 10 gun cases that were before the Supreme court. And I know that Clarence Thomas wrote his famous, the, the, uh, you know, the second amendment has become a disfavored right in the eyes of the court because it can't even get a day in court. So it's become a second class right by default because it just will hear everything else except gun cases. And so a year later or two years, I don't remember exactly when it was, here they are. They're going to hear the New York pistol and rifle versus Bruin. And I think they're going to hear another case in California, from California. Um, And I forget what that one is all about. But anyway, uh, I'll look it up. And I I do believe that there will be a assault weapons ban case that will make it all the way to the Supreme Court, hopefully in the next year or two. And unfortunately, that's the day and age we live in where it takes decades. Like, you think about that. 
assault weapons ban went into effect in 1994. And here we are in 2022, almost 30 years later, still living under that rule in or that law in Massachusetts, and it hasn't had a day in court at the Supreme Court. The Heller decision, or McDonald, I can't remember which one, got pretty close to that when they said guns that are com- in common use and ordinary are the ones that are able to be owned and purchased. And so the AR-15 is the most common and ordinary gun in our country and hopefully that would be the easy argument to say hey um what gun is in common use in ordinary uh ar-15 okay then that's the gun that people can buy any state that's banning ar-15s you gotta fix it so hopefully that that is the way that goes but we'll see um so I don't think it's laughable. Um, I do think it could happen, and it has happened, especially with the Attorney General Maura Healy's enforcement notice that was looking pretty good to have its day in court, but it didn't. So that whole process kind of needs to start over again, and that was years of work. So hopefully it will go that way i would say watch whatever firearms policy coalition is throwing its uh legal weight behind because they're doing some great work out there and go ahead and join and be a member and i would say send your money to the firearms policy coalition and they're doing great work so that's the best chance of that happening um let's see um From the text line, we got, can I build a non-fixed mag AR-15 in mass? Are there any laws that I cannot, that says I cannot? Once it's built and I register it, is there an actual law that says I cannot own the rifle I built? Um, Boy, that's a great question. I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction, but to my knowledge, there's no law that says that. Um. It would have to be in a post-ban configuration, in my opinion. But the problem is you're up against Maura Healy's edict from 7-2016, the day that will live in infamy. And in her edict, she reserves the right to prosecute people who build AR-15s after that date from, you know, parts that could easily or readily be assembled that were purchased after that date. So you're definitely, I don't see a law on the books, and she's pointing to the 94 assault weapons ban that Massachusetts made permanent in 98 as her legal justification for saying you can't own those. And she basically says that anyone who bought one of those guns after 1994 is a felon. And you're a felon in waiting because we reserve the right to prosecute you, even though we're saying we're not going to do that because you were ignorant of the fact that you were committing a felony. 
Now, the laughable part of that is the whole country lived under that for 10 years, and all the guns that were sold throughout the entire country would have to be held to that same logic and standard. And that's not what anybody, there's no other attorney general in any other state, the federal attorney generals, the U.S. attorney's office, nobody saw the law the way she interprets it. So all of a sudden she comes along with this enforcement notice and she very politically sends it to dealers. She doesn't send it to people and say, we're going to go door to door and round you up and because you're a felon and waiting. They went and sent it all to dealers. And that's the problem. That is the uh, where it's able to be choked out because the dealers have a livelihood. And if the dealer doesn't comply, they're going to be sued. They're going to be fined. They're going to be prosecuted and made an example of. And they're going to be out of business. So, you know, she very shrewdly uh, went after the dealers instead of all the people that own those guns. And she said, oh, and we'll let you keep them because you did it by ignorance since when is ignorance a excuse for breaking the law all of a sudden this time it was so (laughs) but we all know why another political backdoor gun ban but hey that's the end of this show and i hate to say it but it went quick thank you for tuning in and remember that this show ends here but you can always tune in to prior episodes of cape at capegunworks.com click on rapid fire and we want to hear from you so call in or text the show at 508-444-2120 make sure you keep up the good fight support your local community be a gun advocate and a responsible face of gun gun ownership in your community take someone new to the range together as americans we can overcome anything i'm toby leary and may god bless you we'll see you next time